If you have your Bibles, I want to go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And verse number 27. Genesis 1, verse 27. Bible said, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. That did not mean that in this moment both male and female were created. But that meant he only created male and female. I know you might think that I'm saying that because of the hour that we live in, but it it ties into what we're going to talk about here today. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Though it said that he created male and female in this moment. Woman had not yet come into the equation. So I want to go over to chapter 2. And I want to read from. Verse number 20. Genesis 2 and verse 20. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air. And to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found and help meet for him. And this is where woman comes into the equation. The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept. He took one of his ribs. Closed up the flesh instead thereof. The rib which the Lord God had taken from man. Made he a woman. And brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Before before Adam ever had an Eve, he was by himself ruling and having dominion in the garden. In other words, before Adam ever had a bride, he had a body. And so I want to talk to us today about the body and bride of Christ. The body and bride of Christ. If you would, would you just lay your Bibles down? And I feel such a, such a touch of the Holy Ghost in this house today. Anybody come to leave different than the way that you came? I feel like we are acquainted by this point. We know each other. I've been here enough. You know that I'm not here to sermonize. not here to impress anybody. I'm here for a demonstration of spirit and power. So if you would, would you just lay your Bibles down and uh, make a point of contact with someone. If it's appropriate, man to man, woman to woman, spouse to spouse. Just reach over and I, I want you to connect with someone. Would you lift your voice all over this house and let's, 
Let's thunder in this house here for the next few moments. Can we do that? Come on. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. God, by the authority of your word and the power of the name of Jesus, I come against every opposition in this room right now. I bind every principality and every power, every ruler of the darkness of this world, every spiritual wickedness that has set itself in high places. I bind doubt and unbelief even now. And God, I pray that you would loose the gift of faith into this atmosphere. Release revelation into this atmosphere. In the name of Jesus Christ. We believe for it, God, every soul that needs the gift of the Holy Ghost. God, before we leave here today, fill them with the gift of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Would you put your hands together all over the house? Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated here this morning. The body and bride of Christ. Paul begins to write to the church of Corinth and he says that there was a first man, Adam, which was earthy, that there was a second man, Adam, the last Adam, which was the Lord from heaven. So what the first Adam got wrong in the garden, the last Adam got right in the earth. What the first Adam lost, the last Adam recovered. And so we understand that before God manifests himself in the flesh, before he came robed in the garment of humanity. We understand that before that moment, God was a spirit and a spirit has not flesh and bones. So the writer of Hebrews said that a body had to be prepared for him. The reason that a body had to be prepared for him was so that a bride could be purchased by him. Before Jesus ever had a bride, he had a body. Before he was ever betrothed, he was begotten. And God does not break typology, which is why 
Same can be said for the first man, Adam, which was earthy. He was created in the Garden of Eden. Before that Adam ever had a bride, he had a body. And when it comes to the church of the living God, the church has two natures. It has a militant nature and it has a motherly nature. As the body of Christ, we rule. But as the bride of Christ, we reproduce. As the body of Christ, we are militant. But as the bride of Christ, we are motherly. So before Adam ever stepped into that, that dimension where he could reproduce in the earth, he first had to learn how to rule with his body by himself. So you get into Genesis chapter 2, and we see where Eve comes into the equation. But Adam doesn't just fall asleep one day and then... He wakes up and there's his wife. In a sense, that's what took place. But there are some greater dynamics that are at work. There was a process that had to be unfolded because, again, God does not break typology. And so the Bible said that Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air. And every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found an help meet for him. The word help meet there is a very interesting word. Because when you look at the original language, that word help there, help meet there translates to mean a parallel partner. Or a comparable companion. New King James Version put it like this. There was not found a helper comparable to them. So whenever Eve came into the earth, God did not create a sidekick. Marriage advice from the single guy. But it's in the book. But God did not create a sidekick. God said there's no help meet for him. In other words, there's nothing on his level that can help him bring about everything that he is supposed to bring about in the earth. There's no equal opposite to Adam. As a matter of fact, uh, the woman being subject to man and her desire being to him was a byproduct of the fall of humanity. I understand that God created man and then woman to institute a divine order. But initially, woman was not subject to man. She was brought into the earth to be a comparable companion or to be a parallel partner to Adam in the earth. Adam brought one thing to the table and Eve brought another thing to the table. And when those two got together, it was a dynamic duo that was supposed to fill the earth with the glory of God. 
And so there was a process that had to play out. God puts Adam to sleep and he cuts open the side of Adam. And the Bible said that God pulls a rib out of Adam. Now that word rib there, it is not just implying a literal rib that he pulled out of Adam. But in Hebrew, it is an architectural term. The writer was trying to implicate that God reached inside of man and he pulled out a beam. He was literally pulling out a piece of architecture from Adam so that he could build Adam a bride and when it said that he made a woman that word means to build so God reaches into the body of Adam and pulls out a piece of architecture and begins to manufacture and build and orchestrate a comparable companion for Adam in the earth in that day so God does not break typology. So if there is a first man, Adam, there is also a last man, Adam. And so just as God put Adam to sleep in the garden, Jesus went to sleep on the cross. And as Adam's side was cut open, the side of Jesus was pierced with a spear. And as a rib came out of the side of Adam, blood and water flowed out of the side of Jesus. And as the rib produced Eve, it was that blood and water that produced the bride of Christ. And can I tell you today that Jesus is still building a church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. And I want to go a step further and say it's not a prostitute, it's not a harlot, but it is the pure bride of Christ that has made herself ready. Aren't you thankful today that you are part of the church of the living God? Bright as the sun, fair as the moon, we are God's helpmeet in the earth today. Let's clap our hands under the Lord all over the house. Uh, but I want you to know here today that the process that brought Adam from having a body to a bride was death. And the link that brought Christ from having a body to a bride was death. And death was a place of transition. But can I tell you, God doesn't let something die unless He has plans to resurrect it. He doesn't let something fall asleep unless He has plans to wake it up again. So... That moment of death was a time of transition. And I have often said that transition, the emotion of transition is frustration. And the reason that transition is frustration, the emotion of transition is frustration, is because you're an in-between stage. You are no longer where you were, but you are not yet where you're going. And when you are caught in between your past and your promise... It is a very frustrating place. But the reason God has to frustrate you is because if He does not disrupt you where you are, you will never become desperate for where you're going.
so God had to put Adam into a place of transition and, and Jesus went into a place of transition but can I tell you that transition is not just the death of one thing it is the development of another thing hey Abraham I'm going to make your seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sands of the shore but there's going to come a day where my people are in bondage in a land that is not theirs and when they came out of that bondage they entered a place of transition that was known as the Red Sea they were no longer in Egypt but they were not yet in their promise and so can I tell you today that the reason that that place called the Red Sea is a type of water baptism is because baptism is the death of one thing and the development of another thing that's why Paul said when you're baptized old things are passed away that is death but all things are become new that is development that's why Moses stood at the banks of that Red Sea and he said that the Egyptians you see this day you will see them again no more forever is there anybody here that is thankful you went to the waters of baptism and when you came out of those waters of baptism you didn't walk the same you didn't talk the same you didn't dress the same you didn't think the same but old things died and there was a resurrection of new life come on somebody give God praise in this house right now Ah, but I want you to understand here today that every, every trial of transition was factored into the plan of God for your life. God is not caught off guard by any time of transition in your life, but every bit of it was orchestrated and ordained by the God that you serve. Hey, Joseph, you've got a dream, but in order for the dream to come to pass, I've got to put you through some things to frustrate you into your destiny and so God said I've got to throw him into the pit but the pit is going to lead to Potiphar's house and Potiphar's house is going to take you to the prison but the prison is going to lead to the palace and when Joseph finally got the fulfillment of the dream he looked at his brothers and said you thought evil against me but what you meant for evil God turned it around and used it for the glory of God you ought to shout in this house today if you've been through the trial it just means there's a transition and God's about to elevate you to everything he said you possess come on somebody give God a shout in this house right now if you believe that let's worship the Lord come on all over the house let's worship the Lord And so you got to understand here today that God is not caught off guard by what you have been enduring. That's why Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost. And he said, you men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. And watch this. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge 
knowledge of God. It was not the Romans that took the life of Jesus, but Jesus laid down his life. That's why he said, no man takes my life, but I lay it down. And if I've got the power to lay it down, I've got the power to pick it back up. Let me preach to somebody. If the plan of God put you in the pit, it is the power of God that will get you out of the pit. So somebody needs to rejoice with a shout in this house. Because if God brought you low, it was the plan of God. And if God brings you high, it is the power of God. Anybody feel faith rising in this house? You ought to dance in the devil's face and say, I've been a body, but I'm about to take on the nature of the bride. And so Peter went on to say that whom God hath raised up having loose, watch this, having loose the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. You know what that word pains there means? It translates to mean birth pains. In other words, what the devil told you was a tomb, God said it's a womb. What you thought was a burial place, God said it is a birthplace. What you've been going through is just the incubator for your greatness it is just the birthing place for you to be come on somebody it is come on i need some help right now there are people in this house you've been through the valley you've been through the storm you've been through the pain and you thought it was death but god said it's just development Come on, anybody believe what I'm saying in this house right now? God have mercy. No, you got to let the devil know that he's messed with the wrong family. You got to let the devil know he's messed with the wrong church. You got to let the devil know he attacked the wrong marriage. Because Paul said, if the princes of this world would have known it, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. If the devil would have known what you'd become, he would have left you alone. But because he attacked your family, you're about to be greater than you've ever been. Because he attacked your mind. Come on, you need to let the devil know right now you're about to transition from the body of Christ to the bride of Christ. Let's lift our hands all over the house. Come on. I told you in the beginning 
that God doesn't let anything die unless He has plans to resurrect it. He doesn't let something fall asleep unless He's got plans to wake it up. If you feel like your marriage is dead, get ready for a resurrection. If you feel like your promise is dead, get ready for it to wake up. If you feel like your kids are so far from God, they'll never come back. Get ready for them to walk through the back doors. Come on, anybody believe that right now? It's not dead. It's just asleep. But it's high time to awaken out of sleep. You ought to tell your dream, wake up. You ought to tell your ministry, wake up. Son of man, can these bones live? Oh Lord God, thou knowest that I feel the spirit of Ezekiel in this house saying, Bones, wake up. Bones, live again. Anybody got the Ezekiel anointing on you today? What you thought was dead, it's about to come back to life. It's why Jesus said, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. But if it bear fruit, he purges it. Why? So that it may bring forth more fruit. You want to know the byproduct of death and God cutting on you? Fruit. Because until Adam went to sleep, he just had a body. But when he let God put him to sleep and start cutting on him and start getting some things out of him, he could wake up and he had a bride. And now he could be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Because as a body, he could have dominion and he could, he, he could rule over the earth, but without a bride, he could not be fruitful and he could not multiply and he could not replenish. And so God said, I gotta let him go to sleep. And I gotta kill some things in his flesh. And when I sew him back up, he's gonna get connected to the very thing that's gonna produce the harvest. And there have been people walk out on this church with a bad spirit. And I understand the heart. Of, I'm telling you, I feel this in the Holy Ghost right now. I understand the heart of the shepherd. But you better hear me in the Holy Ghost. If they left with a rebellious spirit, maybe God let them leave because he knew. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he's got to take away. And so when God removed that branch, he said, I'm going to replace them with somebody else that's going to carry in this end time revival.
Hey, but let me preach it this way. You better make up in your mind. You're not going to be a branch that doesn't bear fruit. It's time for somebody to wake up and say, God, I don't want to be replaced in this end time hour. Boy, it locked up right there. I thought there'd be everybody on their feet shouting and saying, God, don't replace me in this hour. So Adam wakes up. I'm almost done. Just stay with me. Adam wakes up. He looks at his bride. And this is what he says. He said, she is bone of my bone. Flesh of my flesh. That was a Hebrew idiom. That means we're related. But it is interesting to me. He started... With the interior, the bones, not the exterior, the flesh. Because in a, in a body of a human, up until the point that you were seven years old, all of the marrow in your bones is red marrow. And it has the stem and blood cells that are necessary to reproduce life. But once you turn seven years old, most of your body begins to transform and shift from red, red marrow to yellow marrow. When scripture talks about the fatty bones in scripture, it's talking about the yellow marrow. It doesn't have the blood and stem cells necessary to produce life. And in the adult human body, the places that still carry red bone marrow is in the skull, in the ribs, and at the ends of the arms and the legs. It is amazing to me that everywhere Jesus Christ was pierced uh, was the place in his body that still had red marrow. Because God does not cut what will not conceive. Uh, God does not pierce what will not produce. Uh, and so if you feel like God's been cutting on you and you've been going through some things, uh, I want you to know it's only because God sees uh, the potential for fruit in your life. If that's not a reason to dance, I don't know what is. You think it's judgment and punishment. It's not punishment from God. He's just got to work some things out of you. Let's stand all over this house. Every hand raised, every eye closed. Come on. Come on, you feel like God's been cutting on you. But if God's cutting on an area of your life, it is because He knows that it has the ability to reproduce fruit. You feel that wind blowing in this house right now? 
There's some dry bones that are coming back to life. Come on, you ought to pray in the Holy Ghost in this house. Come on, this church knows how to plug in. Let's plug in and flow in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on. I'll tell you what God's trying to do in this house. I'm going to tell you what God's trying to do. He's trying to get you into a position where you start birthing some things. Talking about ministries that have been pierced. Marriages that have been cut. Dreams and promises that you feel like are dead. You want to know what that promise is? It's Jerry's daughter. The damsel isn't dead. She's just asleep. But God doesn't let it go to sleep unless he has plans to wake it back up again. I'm telling somebody, when that dream wakes up, you're going to see the fruit of it begin to produce. If I've ever seen a church has destiny all over it, it's this church. And God's blessed this church. He's blessed this church immensely. But I'm looking around, and this is a full building on a Sunday morning. There's more. Hold on, hold on. There's more. There is a, there is a clinical diagnosis that doctors are giving it is called pseudosiasis phantom pregnancy and it is a condition that comes when a woman can be so desperate to have a child that psychologically she can convince herself that she is expecting so much to the point that her body begins to take on the symptoms of pregnancy such as weight gain and cravings and morning sickness and doctors have said that the most successful way to treat this diagnosis is to schedule an ultrasound with the woman and run the ultrasound 
and show her the picture and prove to her there's no baby in the womb. And I'm seeing something traveling across our movement where churches want revival, but they just psych themselves up emotionally. And there's no baby in the womb. But I don't feel that in this church. There's a baby in the womb of this church. You say, well, Brother Herring, don't you know where you are? Yeah, I know exactly where I am. Look at the full building. That's exactly my point. Look at the full building. I didn't have plans on saying any of this, but there's more churches for this church to start. There's more churches for this church to plant. Hey, Adam! Be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth, not just Eden. Replenish the earth. Replenish this county. I feel prophetic unction all over me right now. I'm telling you that I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost uh, that there are cities this church is going to start, other churches in uh, that are unchurched. There are cities uh, that this church is going to plant other works in. They may not be on your radar yet. You might not have even thought about it yet. But I'm telling you what God wants to do in this church uh, is not just about Palm Bay, Florida. It is a regional revival. And I know it's already started, but there is more. If you believe that, I want you to make your way out of your seat and come to this altar all over this house. All the way to the back, I'm asking you, if you feel like an area of your life has been dead, I want you to come to this altar and God's about to breathe fresh life into it. I'm asking everybody to come out of their seat if you would. Everybody, please, everybody. Nobody left in the chairs. If you're a guest here and you're uncomfortable, I understand you can stay where you are. But for the most part, I'm asking everybody out of their seat around this altar. You say, you say God's been cutting on me good. But every area of your life it feels like God's been cutting on. That's the area of your life God wants to reproduce in. I'm telling you, there's marriages that are going to bear more fruit in the Spirit. There's ministries that are going to bear more fruit. There's individuals, your prayer life is going to bear more fruit. Your finances are going to bear more fruit. You feel that in this house? That's desperation. That's frustration. God had to frustrate you to make you desperate to birth it. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. And when I pray the prayer of faith, they're going to come in and sing. 
When I pray the prayer of faith, we're going to lift our voices and a spirit of travail is going to hit this house. You're going to let out that cry with that, that groaning and that moaning in the spirit that cannot be uttered. That is the ministry of the midwife. God is going to allow you to enter into a posture where you can birth what he wants you to birth in the spirit. Are you ready? Every hand raised, every eye closed. If you don't have the gift of the Holy Ghost, God's about to fill you with the Holy Ghost. If you need a healing in your body, God's about to heal your body. If your marriage has been attacked, God's about to mend it. And it's going to bear more fruit. If your ministry has been under attack, you're about to receive a healing in your mind and in your spirit. And that ministry is going to bear more fruit. Are you ready? By the authority of the Word of God. In the power of the name of Jesus, I release healing into this house right now. I lose faith in this room. I bind doubt and unbelief. And God, I pray that the wind of the Spirit would begin to blow even now. And every dead thing would come to life. Everything that is asleep, wake up. Are you ready? Lift your voice in this house. Go. Go. Lift your voice. Let it out. Yatala bo sata yara bo yata yala ba. Lift your voice.